C-A-M-P-A-D-U-L-T-H-O-O-D Camp Adulthood Bridging the Millennial Divide One conversation at a time Interviewing guests Strangers and friends We hope that you enjoy your stay at Camp Adulthood Hello and welcome to Camp Adulthood and the Resident Youth. I'm the Resident Youth, Maddie Yerge. And I'm Camp Adulthood, Shay Keats. And today we have a an extremely, extremely esteemed guest because without this person, I would have probably lost my mind several times over the past six months. Um, and this is Nicole Herrings of Zilla Brides, who I met because she's been my wedding coach and coordinator and is just an all-around incredible person and small business owner. Um, Nicole, if you could introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about the work you do with Zilla. Oh, thanks, Shay. Gosh. I mean, seriously, you are. (laughs) Yeah, you don't even know. I can attest to this probably even better than Shay can because I was there for all the pre discussion before she found you, and it's way better now. Yes. Oh, how funny. Well, I'll have to. I'll have to. Was that on one of the episodes? We did. We did a wedding deep dive, but that, Mm -hmm. I think, but you did talk about it when you found Nicole and how helpful it was. Yes. I think we had just worked together for like a. A couple weeks at that point and already you were the best but thing mostly i mean Aww, shay and i are it's friends in real of our life journey shay yes. yeah <laughs> a lot of it was like offline conversations of like i don't know what to do i don't know how to balance all these like people Aww. in my life so yeah. it's really great yeah all the things yeah well um i'm nicole herrings um i'm the owner of zilla and i i guess i call myself a wedding coach and coordinator that was kind of something i was trying to figure out is what do i call myself because I really enjoy the kind of emotional side of wedding planning and figuring out um, kind of on a foundational level, uh, what makes a couple tick, um, what their goals are for their wedding and trying to peel back the layers of that dynamic and how we take that information and those emotions and all the things and translate them into a a physical event. Um, So, kind of using that as as the foundation, um, I like to be the hybrid between both the emotional side and the execution side. Awesome. Can't wait to dig into more of that after our segments. And how old are you and where did you grow up just to place you on the millennial spectrum? Oh, how old? How old am I? The other day I was actually on the Peloton and it took me a solid five minutes to figure out how old I was. (laughs) I am 36, um, and I was um, born and raised in Oregon. Um, I grew up in Vancouver, Washington, and then um, moved. I went to school in Ohio, actually, and lived other places. And everyone said, "Oh, you live in Portland? That's amazing." And then I came back, and now I live here. We've never talked about the fact that you went to school in Ohio. Where did you go to school? I went to a private um, Catholic school called Franciscan University, and they had a really good nursing program, and I was going to be a nurse, and then I hated it. (laughs) I can't wait to dig into that journey. That's something like, it's crazy. 
I was going to say, I also went to a small Catholic college and I was about to say, if we were at school at the same <laughs> oh time for four years and didn't know each other, I would have lost my actual mind right now. <laughs> that would have been a podcast exclusive for the ages. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but awesome. Franciscan, I did not go to Franciscan. I went to John Carroll. Okay. Very cool. All right. Well, to jump into our toasty campfire segments, Shay, do you have a toasty campfire topic for us? I have less of a toasty campfire topic and more of a toasty campfire question. So as we all know, it's 2020. It is a little bit of a literal (laughs) trash fire. I was going to say you're kind of living in a campfire right now. I'm kind (laughs) of living in a campfire. So um, for our listeners who don't know, because they are lucky and live under a hole in a hole, um, Uh, Most of Oregon and the West Coast is on fire right now, so super fun. Uh, So the fires are about 20 miles from where I live, and we are very lucky. We are safe. Our home has not been threatened. Uh, But, you know, a lot of national park has burned. A lot of um, people's homes were threatened. I had friends who had to evacuate, including former guest of the pod, Cassie Knable, had to evacuate from her home. Um, so it's just been very stressful. The air quality here is extremely poor. Uh, last I heard it was the worst in the world, although it may have uh, improved. And uh, overall, just just a little bit crazy. But it was funny because my so my question to our listeners and to our wonderful friends here on the pod today is how do we when we have all of these things going on, how do we figure out what to do? And are there any resources that we kind of have as go-tos for, okay, something is going on in the world. I want to help. How can I help? Like Uh, helping people in need or like figuring out like what to do in your own personal life. And I'm kind of asking this because I'm like percolating on a project. Um, But (laughs) I think kind of helping in your own way because I'm like, okay, these fires are going on. How can I, should I donate stuff? Should I donate money? Mm -hmm. Should I mind my own business and stay in my house? Do I need to read about wildlife management? Yeah. Yeah. I am going to, hold on. I'm like Googling exactly what it's called. Um. But I was just, it's called Together Rising. And actually their like page right now is about the wildfires. So their whole mission, and I found it through Glennon Doyle, who wrote Untamed recently, and Mm -hmm. she's been all over, all over everything. Um, Excellent book, by the way. And she started this organization for that exact question, because she was like, like exactly that she's like i don't want to just like donate to the american red cross and some like Mm -hmm. national organization that like who even knows and then like the united way you always find out that these like huge mega charities there's always or like susan g komen breast cancer Mm -hmm. like they it's like big corporation right you don't know where the money's going to and all that stuff and so she started this and i think their um main level of donation is like 25 dollars, and they basically they only partner with like on the ground support so like any crisis they did a lot with like the um what was happening in the ice detention centers a few months ago helping kids that were separated from their parents when that was in the news they're doing a lot with wildfires now and then they have some partners that they just have um you know when it's not like a crisis time and you can either Mm -hmm. do a one-time or like a monthly donation but that's it's called together rising so it's like how do you take all these little collective actions and they only partner 
they take the money and just give it directly to people on the ground. They don't do anything with national organizations. Um, and they like will just go to like a random church or something and just be like, what do you need? Or they'll, they have like message boards on there. That's like which neighborhood is on fire or whatever. So I would recommend that. I haven't actually like done anything with them, but I was just reading about it after reading untamed. And it sounds like that's kind of what you were describing Shay. That is exactly what I was describing. Yeah. And I am excited to know about this and I'm going to check it out more. See, here we are. Solving problems. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. Do you have anything on that, Nicole? I'll read the, um, the like about page on Together Rising is like, you're seeing suffering in your community and around the world. You want to help, but don't know where to turn. Turn to Together Rising to transform your heartache into action. So I think that like, kind of oh summarizes. Goodness, that's exactly the answer Shay was looking for. I know. <laughs> I I love this. So Well, I also think it goes to like trust too. Like it's mm-hmm. hard to know, okay, I I want to help. I want to solve, you know, it's hard not to solve all the problems as they are popping up. Mm-hmm. And then you go, okay, well what resonates with me and what do I trust? Yeah. yeah. Um I have a friend who he's a chef um and I um he's also a photographer and he did some um, headshots for me recently. And, um, I actually met him through the black lives matter, um, movement and through the whole forest fire thing, he's been, um, trying to feed, I think a thousand people per week. Oh, wow. And he was like, how do I make this happen? I have no idea how to make this happen. And then he got connected with somebody and got a venue space to pull all this off. And now he's posting on Instagram, like, hey, I need this amount of, you know, PB&J and this amount of cold cuts because I'm working with these volunteers to make these many meals by Wednesday. That's so cool. And it's like, oh, there's, you know, there's something super easy that's um, palatable for Mm -hmm. someone to know. I think it's like tapering it down to, oh, here's one thing that I could help out with. Yeah, Um, I love that. Uh, Nicole, can you say your friend's name and shout him out so in case our listeners want to donate to his efforts? Yeah, of course. Um, Jacobson Valentine and his, the Instagram is Feed the Mass. We'll definitely link okay. to that. It sounds like, I think this is a thing that's in New York, but maybe it also exists in other cities like Portland, but I think it's less of a thing in the suburbs. But mutual aid networks, those were, I think, kind of popped up. They were a big thing kind of I think in New York like anytime there's a huge crisis like they kind of sprung up in the AIDS crisis in the 80s and then after 9-11 and they're basically just like they started on message boards but now they're really big on Facebook of like I live in Hell's Kitchen so there's like a Hell's Kitchen mutual aid network and it's just like people post stuff of like you know this old lady in my building needs her groceries like can someone if someone's going to the grocery Mm -hmm. store can you and so it's very like hyper local of like people aren't going out of their way to help it's you know, keeping, helping to keep crime off the street, keeping your neighborhood looking good, helping the elderly in your community. And so I've read a lot of articles that those obviously during COVID and then also during a lot of the protesting when that was tumultuous um, and just obviously people staying home a lot and not knowing how they Mm -hmm. can help um, when they're not really leaving their little communities. So um, those are kind of easy. I think if you're on Facebook, you can just search like whatever you're town or neighborhood is and if there isn't one you could start one or if you have like a homeowners group in your neighborhood or something so those are cool awesome all right maddie what is your toasty campfire log 
Um, I don't really have a, a great one. I went, my office is doing, so they announced that we're um, voluntary work from home, so no one has to go into the office besides a very select group for the next year. Um, but they're opening the office if you want to go back starting in a couple weeks, but they were asking for volunteers for a pilot to kind of test out like the COVID protocol and like, would you want to come back and like that kind of stuff? Um, so the pilot started on Monday. So after six months of not being in any type of like formalized office environment, I've been in my office the past two days and I realized I royally fucked up my back by sitting on a couch and working for six months and after sitting in like an ergonomic desk chair I was like oh I actually am done working this is how this is supposed to be yeah I was like because I've been telling Corey my boyfriend I'm like yeah like I started after the lockdown kind of ended I like have gotten a couple massages and I'm like I get a massage and I feel better but then it like instantly feels bad again and then the past couple days I was like whoa my back like feels 100% better so definitely PSA. Even if you're working from home, get an ergonomic desk chair and don't sit on a cushy couch for six months at a time um, because it will mess your back up. Um, So yeah, that's that's basically it. It's just like interesting, even though there's not a lot of us in this pilot, just talking to people in person that isn't, you know, my family or my handful of friends in my neighborhood that I've been, you know, seeing in person or whatever and seeing coworkers. You know, I feel like the... the, um, kind of private side, social side. Like I think, you know, obviously people have different comfort levels, but I think in the past couple of months, people have kind of expanded their social network, started to have little gatherings or whatever, or have their quarantine bubbles. But for work, unless it's someone that you have a direct meeting with and you're doing virtual stuff, like I work in a traditional like nine to five kind of office. And like, I really missed the casual like, oh, we don't work in the same department. We don't work on any of the same projects. So like I would never be on a conference call with you, but, you know, we both like The Bachelor and we're in like the Bachelor Slack channel. And like, I haven't seen this person in six months. And like the casual water cooler conversation, I think like at the beginning of quarantine, I was like, yeah, work from home is so great. Like, I love it. I don't need any of that. Like the benefits outweigh it. And then after these last two days of having that, I'm like, oh no, we are all so starved for that. Just like, non-planned conversations like all of my conversations the past six months have been planned and I didn't realize how much mental energy and fatigue that caused and how refreshing it is to like just shoot the shit with someone and be like what are you having for lunch oh I'm having this like all that dumb stuff so anyways yeah no I completely agree with you Maddie and you know I think both Nicole and I we are entrepreneurs and we don't work in a traditional work environment, but still, I think, like you said, like not being able to just run into somebody, not being able to just have that, those casual interactions is really difficult. And especially I think if you are someone like Nicole or I, who already has less of those casual interactions (laughs) than the normal Joe, um, to then to even take those away. And then I've really missed you know, I didn't realize how much physical, like I never thought of myself as a touchy feely person, but to go six months and have the only person that you like hug or handshake or whatever, be like your partner and your kids or your partner. I mean, that's, that's been really hard too. I, I did saw a friend hug Shay when I saw her full disclosure. I know I saw Maddie, but I think the only people I've hugged, I hugged in six months, I've hugged Maddie. I've hugged my cousin, Kristen. 
And I accidentally hugged my friend Michelle when I was like, she was in the middle of a move and I like dropped off some food from her and I like hugged her and we were both like, ah, we're not supposed to hug. But like to only hug three people besides your partner in six months, like that's pretty It starts to make you think about the trade-off of all this stuff. Yeah. But how do you feel about it, Nicole? Um... I mean, I, it's, it's very interesting too. like, even just going to a grocery store and how like paranoid I've gotten. I'm like, is this grocery cart sanitized or do I need to sanitize it? Mm-hmm. And you're like, just looking, I don't know. I've, I've, I've recently found myself almost, um, trying to make, make just eye contact with strangers just yeah, to get some sort happening, of like as spontaneity in my day. And you're kind of like, oh, are you cool? Or, you know, if you're, if you happen to kind of come within the six feet, it's like, oh, I'm sorry. And some people are like, oh, it's okay. And, and then it's like, wow, that was the most interaction I've had all day. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's funny because like, I just got back from a Labor Day trip and we did it. We like all got tested and stuff, but it still, even then it was like, I feel like we're entering this territory of like some people have been out and about in a more capacity for a while. And then some people are only out and about because they're forced back into it because of work, but they wouldn't choose that. And like every day we're getting more and more science that like, you know, like I was just at work and like the science, the safety guy at my office was like, for like 95% of cases, like a high percentage, you have to have sustained um, like five minutes or more within six feet of someone to catch it Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the other five percent is like the grocery cart wasn't sanitized like all that stuff so that that's still Mm -hmm. a lot five percent but I think it was easy a couple months ago to be super um conservative about it and still have a Mm -hmm. semblance of a social life but as more and more people are like okay, 95% seems fine I'm still gonna carry my wipes and sanitize my stuff but I'm not gonna like go crazy about it the smaller and smaller percentage of people that are like, I'm still not leaving my home until unless I right. like am getting stuff on Instacart or whatever. Like, I think it's going to become even more of a mental health crisis than it already is for those people. And it's mm-hmm. almost like I see it as like the flip side of like the Trumpsters that are like, I don't believe in masks. It's like those people are not listening to the science, but the people that are also like, yeah, I don't want to touch anything and I want to live in a bubble for the rest of my life those people are also yeah. not listening to science but those people are a little bit more yeah. socially acceptable so it's just very interesting well hold on one. can you guys hear me okay yeah okay yeah. sorry I thought my computer was doing something funny um no I mean and I think this has always been this is the real conundrum with I think COVID is first well so many conundrums but you know a that it's been politicized <laughs> uh, B, that people aren't listening to the science, but C, I mean, I think it's funny. I was talking about this with my dad the other day is like, yeah, for most of the people who get it, it's not a big deal. But then there are some like really beyond just like you could get really sick and have to go on a respirator and die. There's like certain people who are having long-term cardiac and neurological side effects. So Maddie, if you like Matt, Maddie had COVID, Nicole, um, a few months ago in March, you know. So I think not knowing if you're going to be like, you could have it and be fine and it's no big deal, or you could have it and be one of these people getting like, yeah, yeah, really yeah onset dementia. Yeah. Totally, yeah. yeah. 
I'm just one. So, and Everyone also, reacts. Worrying that, that you're carrying it to somebody. And yeah, who even them. knows? That's why I'm yeah. of the mindset yeah, of like, exactly. who knows? Yeah. And I, instead of choosing to live in a bubble, I'm choosing to just like go on with life. I guess that's what I'm saying. Other people are choosing to stay in the bubble, which is fine. I don't well, like, I think, but I I'm think choosing to go on happy- safely. As we've discussed, you know. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think there's a balance and kind of a calculated risk yeah. you have to take. Yeah. So I have to say, I feel like the flow today is going so well because Nicole's toasty campfire topic is both COVID related and <laughs> uplifting. See what I did there, Shay? <laughs> yes. Good job. Yeah. Tell us about your article, Nicole, that you sent us. So um, I thought this was interesting because um, obviously my life is very um, around weddings and um, that whole world. And you would think that with COVID happening, and this was actually my my, um, perception with working with clients um, and talking with other vendors is that couples are super stressed and how COVID has affected um, weddings and live events has been, you know, pretty traumatic. But on the flip side, I found this um, article on Insider that talks about how despite the anxiety and stress of postponing and canceled weddings, um, that actually more than half of engaged couples say that their relationships are stronger than ever during the pandemic. And then kind of goes into these interesting stats of how couples are kind of, um, I mean, basically they're stuck in the same room (laughs) and they have to work out their issues, I think. Um, But they're also, you know, coming up with some really creative ways to get to know each other through, you know, dating and conversations that they're having. And so I was also just super interested um, in what Shay thought about this being engaged and all. Um, Yeah. How it's been for you. Yeah. You know, it's so funny because I've like definitely jokingly said, well, David and I know that we're good because we made it through the pandemic. (laughs) No problem. Um, You know, again, I feel like to an extent because I've always mostly worked from home or been, you know, a, I don't know what you would call it, not tied to an office during the course of my relationship with David. It wasn't totally different. And luckily, you know, we aren't living in a tiny little apartment where we're up on each other's uh, business all day long. I can speak to that Uh, when you're done. Don't worry. (laughs) (laughs) But I, I would say overall, it definitely has strengthened our relationship because, you know, not only have we been forced to spend even more time together, but the very nature of what is going on has forced us to have important conversations about, Mm -hmm. okay, what, you know, what are our values um, about science and how do we regard this? And are we lining up on how we want to handle this with each other and with the kids and um, being able to work through, you know, minor disagreements over this very serious subject, I think has just shown us that we can really you know, not come to a compromise because clearly you're not compromising like wear a mask or not, but being able to say like, 
you know, this is what I think and this is why I'll, I will be wearing a mask and then having your partner be like, okay, I think this, but I will also wear a mask mm. is very, um, has been really helpful. And I think, you know, also being one of those couples that had our actual wedding delayed, it just, you know, it's really interesting because as I was getting engaged and I've had this conversation, I think with Nicole and, and certainly with um, various close friends, you know, you are, whether you're 22 and getting married or 42 and getting, getting married, there is a transition, I think, from right being independent or still being part of your family of origin and then creating your own family and your new family out of your partner and, and whatever small baggage items they may come with. <laughs> um, and I think having all of this go on and having to rely on each other because we physically couldn't, you know, I couldn't do what I normally do, which is go see my parents multiple times a year. I mean, I've, I, I think until COVID I'd never gone more than six to eight weeks without seeing one of my parents mm -hmm. in my entire life, including when I like lived abroad. Um, so, you know, really having to rely on David and see, you know, anyway, I guess what I'm trying to say somewhat inarticulately is it really helped, um, helped us make that transition from two separate people with our own families to, a, a unit with a family that we are now creating. So anyway, that's my, my rambly answer. Maddie, tell that's us so about. Beautiful. You yeah. should refine that and use it for yeah. your vows. I was in... going to say, is this, yeah, right. As Nicole knows, I need to do this. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say TikTok 10 days. Let's go. Well, we're um, recording this Shay. So <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. You can just play this podcast Great. for David. Yeah, like, Here you go. David. Here you go. Um, yeah. I think that's, I I feel very similarly, but in a different way. I think it, to your point, Shay, like it's I think what the situation has done is it melted away some of the like superficial annoyances because Corey and I were so aligned on the important stuff, like all the mm -hmm. political things and like COVID. Like I have some I have a couple friends one friend in particular who she's not in a romantic relationship, but she has a roommate and the roommate is like very, very, you know, conservative with the COVID stuff, which is totally fine. And then the other friend is a little bit like conflict averse and it's just been six months of like the roommate bullying her in my opinion and just like getting her to come along with things that she doesn't really agree with that are, I think, outside of the norm of how the rest of us are acting, to be honest. And so that's really unfortunate. And you can see how that would play out in a romantic relationship if you're not aligned on those things. And you can have small differences, but it's like, you know, if you're following the rules and you live with an anti-masker, like, it's not going to work, right? So, like, yeah. those types of fundamental things. And I think... Corey and I have had like there were some things that came up that I was like this is going to be really contentious he's not going to like it and he was like oh no like we're totally aligned on that so that was really encouraging um I do live in a very very small apartment that has been tough not because I don't like spending time with Corey and if anything I'm super extroverted normally I love like like in March I was like I would probably be out doing something with friends like four or five nights a week and then only have like two nights that I was with him actually, which like 
worked well for both of us because I like being outside of the house and he likes having a lot of alone time. But like we weren't having those deep conversations as a couple as often because we were just Mm. like, you know, you get you get roped up in life and you're busy and whatever. And so now it's like we have a lot more nights in and that's been really nice. But on like a day to day period which is part of the reason why I volunteered for this pilot to go back to the office because he's in school so we're just like on competing zoom meetings and it's just not workable like we can't both be on the phone at the same time the apartment is just too small so things like that that's nothing like about our relationship but I can understand like if you were in a relationship where there was something like bubbling under the surface like the fight is never about the thing you think the fight's about you know (laughs) like it's always like why are you being so loud when I'm on zoom and it's like really it's (laughs) because you you know you think they're cheating on you or something, right? So, like, yeah. that um, that hasn't come up as much. But I think just, like, that's part of the reason why, like, at the beginning of the pandemic, like, we spent so much time at my parents' house because I was like, we just do not have the resources in this apartment and in this city right now. It's too locked down to even function in the day-to-day that we're supposed to do. Um, but it has been nice to kind of slow down. And I like this pace. I like, like, looking ahead to the next year, I'm very optimistic because I'm like, I can go into the, I have the flexibility. Like I can go into the office, you know, a couple days a week if I want to, and then I can work from home. Like I'm planning on in October going home for two weeks and like doing a little side trip with my mom and then working from home. And I'm like, I'm never going to have this opportunity ever again. And like Corey and I have talked about that. We're like, we can go get a little Airbnb and like not have to worry about it and worry about counting PTO days and work from home days and all that stuff. So in some aspects, like, I think that's going to strengthen our relationship because we're having more quality time as opposed to, like, superficial time. And we've been dating for a long time. So it's like you do kind of hit that groove where you're like, mm. we're past the getting to know each other stage. We don't have to go on dates mm-hmm. anymore. Like, Ugh. and then this pandemic has kind of changed all that. So, yeah. Well, and I think that's interesting that you say, like, at the beginning, I think everyone was just in shock. And then that brought all these stressors. And I don't know about you guys, but I was like, you know, probably having a little more wine. (laughs) I mean, I'm drinking wine right at this moment. (laughs) And then you go, okay, uh, this is going on a lot longer than originally expected. So life has to go on at some capacity. And what does that look like? Shay and I recorded an episode in April where I said I thought that the pandemic was going to last three days. So that's on record for everyone to listen to. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I remember I was with my cousin as the emails were coming in, like canceled, canceled. And her, um, her kid's school had said they were closing until the end of April. And I started crying and I'm like, I don't know what you're going to do. Yeah. <laughs> and now it's like, well, oh, we got this. Now. Little did I know. <laughs> so funny. Oh my God. <laughs> so let's dive into our interview because I think you have been in such an interesting industry, right? And that has been so affected by COVID. So um, I'm just excited to, to hear all of the things um, and, and dive in. So tell us um, if we're ready, I don't want to prematurely leave the topic, but it seems to all work together. Yeah. So um, Nicole, tell us a little bit about more about Zilla Brides and how you chose to use the word coach because I, and I've said this flat out before on this podcast that and I've told you Nicole like that's why I decided to work with you because I didn't see anybody else who was offering that service and I think it is so 
key when you have someone who's trying to deal with all of the other stuff that goes on. It's not just like picking a caterer, right? Yeah, it's like a really personal decision mm-hmm. that you have mm-hmm. to vibe with, hopefully, your your wedding planner. Yeah. Um, yeah, so wedding coach, um, essentially, I've been wanting to... So I launched Zilla back in July of last year, and I've wanted to start my own event company since, like, college. And I have a um, business marketing degree, and so I was in client service um, at a variety of marketing agencies in Portland, Um, and always did events on the side and it was just never a good time. And I kind of kept pushing that thought and desire off to the side because I thought, well, like, do we really need another wedding planner? Like always, (laughs) there's so many wedding planners. Do we really need another one? And how am I any different than all these amazing, wonderful people who make things look so pretty? Mm hmm. And, um, I was, you know, climbing the corporate ladder and I was looking at the person in front of me and I'm like, I don't really want to be that person. And, oh, shit, what do I do then? (laughs) Yeah. So I went through, um, an online coaching program and it was all online. It was completely virtual. And, um, it was for people who were kind of stuck and trying to figure it out. And I, went through this program and it was actually extremely helpful and it was all online. And I was like, this is so interesting. And I was on my commute back from my day job and I thought, huh, I wonder if I could apply that same format to wedding planning and what would that look like? And so I kind of became obsessed with that idea and really tried to think about working with couples in the past, like what did they really complain about? And it was, um, It was a lot of, well, do I really need a wedding planner? Um, Oh, my my mom is crazy. How do I handle her? I look on Pinterest and I'm overwhelmed. Um, How do I, you know, I'm going to Michael's to get centerpieces. Yeah. (laughs) Like all of these things, um, you know, that are, there's this, there's a, you know, a lingo in the event industry. How do I know a vendor is good? So all these things started really popping up my in my head. And I even thought about, okay, on the flip side, what are vendors complaining about? Mm-hmm. And they're saying, you know, um, they find weddings very rewarding. You don't get into weddings unless that, you know, you're, you find it um, rewarding to help couples through that process. Um, you know, but they're emotional and they're usually lower budget than, you know, a corporate event. And so basically I was really trying to pay attention to those pains and offer people an option who actually maybe either enjoy the wedding planning process and they just want, um, a second opinion that's neutral, you know, cause usually, mom or auntie or sister or maid of honor has an agenda Mm. and it's based off of the one to five weddings that they went to and now they're an expert at it and they're kind of pushing (laughs) their own agenda on it and and they're not doing it from you know usually a malicious place it's more just they're trying to find an opportunity to bond and experience something special with you um but really trying to come it through it um, through the the perspective of how do I help advocate, like truly advocate for the couple 
and guide them through the process of planning their wedding because what just breaks my heart is you'll hear engaged couples go, I'm over it. <laughs> I just want to get to the day and be done. I feel like that's I how Shay I've was. I yeah. that to you. <laughs> texted those exact words to you at some point. Yes, and that's what I'm trying to help people through is, hey, like, you found your person, you know? And I think that that's what's also interesting about the times that we're in is, yeah. um, you know, COVID and everything that's going on right now is extremely divisive and it's you are having these really intense conversations with your partner and working through these things um and it's I think it's kind of a reset in a way it's getting people back to like what do we really give a shit about like really you know and it's a it's a hard conversation to have um and how to translate that that intention to the wedding, um, you know, because I feel like the napkin color, (laughs) like that's all really fun. It's all really fun. Um, you know, but I hope that it's a decision of the couple versus all of these other people putting their, their layer on top of it. Yeah, that I was a really that. long-winded answer. No, it's <laughs> good. Great answer. And I think, you know, it, it's so interesting because, and Maddie and I touched on this in our wedding deep dive episode, but, you know, here in 2020, we don't have a lot of opportunities to come together as a community and not even just in 2020 because it's the apocalypse, but in yeah. general, in the 2000s, we have lost a lot of the times um, just culturally where we come together. So you know, weddings especially take on this huge, huge just significance, not just in the couple's life, but in the family's life. Because for many people, okay, well, it's the only opportunity to get the family together. It's the only opportunity to celebrate as a community in a meaningful way where, you know, even 50 years ago, well, you'd go to church every high holy day and that would be your community celebration. Or you'd have people lived closer. So there would always be baby showers and potluck dinners and all of that. But now that our families and friends are so far flung, you know, weddings, I think, take on this intense energy Mm -hmm. because they have to be everything to everybody because the only other thing that you have is funerals. And, Mm -hmm. you know, no one wants that. No one wants that. I think the other thing. That's a really good point. It's like culturally, we've lost um, a lot of these kind of coming of age and um, markers of celebration and and tradition and weddings is kind of this like okay here we go we're getting dolled up and we're we're making a thing out of this and I think that that can be a really happy thing Mm -hmm. Um, you know but you're you're usually working with couples who this is the first time they've ever planned anything like this Mm -hmm. Um, and there's even more pressure if it's like the first on both sides. (laughs) So there's a lot, you know, into it and, um, and trying to figure, get back to the intention, Mm -hmm. um, I think is really important. Yeah. Yeah. I think the other aspect too, outside of the collective piece is the ritual piece. Like Mm -hmm. I've talked to a lot of couples, ones that are intentionally eloping or whatever. And they're like, oh, I'm just going to get it over with in like 20 minutes like that's fine if that's coming from like an intentional place but I Mm -hmm. think like we were even chit-chatting like after a past episode about like 
even if it's just you, like, what are you wearing? Like, what are you going to remember? Especially if you're having a smaller gathering where there isn't going to be that those people like 10 years from now being like, oh, my God, remember your wedding? Like, it's going to be all about how you felt. So I think that's really interesting too. like the actual ritual piece of like Mm -hmm. stepping literally over that threshold and how you felt in that moment, I think is really interesting. Um, I'm also curious in your work, Nicole, and um, Shay, if you had this experience as well, but like what what happens like a lot of what you were talking about in your first answer was like the intention of the couple but what happens if the couple is misaligned or one couple is really one part of the couple is really interested in working with you and the other couple is like or the other half of the couple is like I don't care like whatever she says or whatever he says is fine and you don't get that engagement like do you always want to work with both people in the couple or do you kind of feel fine if it's funneled through one and then if that's the case how do you know that it's really about the couple and not just like one person putting their agenda forward? Yeah, that's a really good question. I think um, if, if one part, if one side like does not care, then they don't care. (laughs) But what do they care about? So they care about marrying the person. So um, in that situation, I kind of, I like to dive into, okay, 10 years from now, what will be your response to how you acted in that moment, knowing what you knew? And that's kind of the best we can do, right? Is in in the situation that you were in at that time, you know, kind of look forward and, and think, okay, with the information that I had, did I do the right thing? Mm-hmm. Um, and that helps a little bit with perspective. Um, I've definitely worked with couples where, you know, like say the, the, the bride wants to spend, you know, she wants this fairy tale wedding. And then he's like, I want to spend it all on the honeymoon. I don't care about the wedding. And then it goes, okay, well, it's all relative. Like what's a fairy tale wedding to her and diving into that. Cause that might mean something completely different to me than mm-hmm. to her. And he says he doesn't care about the wedding. Well, he really just doesn't want to spend money on the wedding, but what does he value in regard to the wedding? Yeah. And yeah, usually skates out there. <laughs> <laughs> well, and so getting into that more, um, cause you know, maybe it's like, well, what do you know, what do you care about? And maybe it's the vows or maybe it's, mm-hmm. um, Hey, I really, I'm really excited about the first look and that experience. Um, so when ke- people kind of say like flippant comments, usually there's a story behind that and there's, you know, something that happened or they heard it from somebody else and it's coming into the situation. And so I kind of try to like get to the, to the, to the actual, like, all right, well, what's really going on? Where does that yeah. statement come from? Well, and Nicole, I think this is why you are so good at what you do. And I'm totally fine with this podcast just turning into the I Love Nicole Club because <laughs> I am definitely the president. Um, but this is what, you know, it's so easy, I think, when you're planning any kind of event, but particularly your wedding. And, and again, just what Maddie was saying earlier about like the fights, it's not about do you want maroon or eggplant table runners? Like nobody mm-hmm. actually Definitely gives a not shit eggplant. about that. Disgusting. Just kidding. Disgusting. Um, Maddie is not a fan. fan. I have a lot of aesthetic opinions, which we can talk about later when it comes to weddings. And Corey is always like, you're so shallow. But maybe that can be our ending topic after our hard-hitting journey. 
And we'll come up with your mood. Sorry, Shay. I know yeah. you're in the middle of a thought. That's my bad. No, no. I'm just saying uh, we're definitely going to need to send you to Nicole in oh, a few God, years. Oh, God. If Corey if and, and I when. get engaged, I'm going to be buying whatever your most expensive package is because we're going to need it. <laughs> we're so misaligned on, like, the basic level. Like, Corey's, like, just, like, taste level. He's like, we have to do it alone. I'm like, anyways, we'll save that for when oh, I pay God. you thousands of dollars. So <laughs> I, can't I love wait, it, Maddie. <laughs> I love it. Um, but Nicole, you're so good at asking those questions that get to the heart of what's going on. Because when I first came to you, I was just like, here, here's what's going. I don't know what I want, but here's what's going on that's keeping me from even being able to figure out what I want. And I think, you know. By, by being able to to define, you know, what it is that meant a lot to me. Now, granted, my number one thing that meant a lot to me was community, which is why Nicole helped me plan this amazing four-city, like, wedding tour, and then COVID happened. Well, so I ha- we had that. a good idea for that, but... the Bon Voyage party two years from now. Oh, yeah. It could still bon happen. Voyage. Whenever we go on our honeymoon. This was my idea, um, Nicole, of, like, Shay gets married now, but then when she does the big honeymoon – if she so chooses this is not me trying to assert influence although I do want to have this party so I can show up yeah I can be her flower girl yeah it's like everyone can you know give a gift to support the honeymoon and then you can have the party and you can do a vow renewal if you want so fun yeah so anyway it'll be awesome it's a great plan um but being able to figure out (laughs) what (laughs) I can't even think about anything beyond what's happening in 10 days um, oh of course (laughs) this is why you have so I have the two of you. Um, <laughs> but yeah, but no, but again, just asking those questions that are like, okay, this is what you want. And then, then you figure out like how you manifest that. So anyway, yeah. I think it's very I will say powerful. the I love Nicole thing too. Like it was interesting watching Shay from like the outsider's perspective, because I think, and I'm sure this was very frustrating for you, Shay, because I think a lot of people were like, just do what you want. Like whatever you want is fine. But from what you just said, like if you have some idea of what you want, but not a concrete idea and there's all these competing influences, it's real easy to just say, yeah, I can do what I want, but like you don't want to disappoint Mm -hmm. other people. And like, there's always dynamics and like, you know, for what you were saying, Nicole, if it's like your first wedding, if it's your second wedding, like there's a lot of dynamics there as well. And people are bringing preconceived notions from life before you were even in their life and you can't dispute that or whatever but I just thought like it was so clearly like once Shay had that conversation with you I was like the outcome that you guys came to was like the perfect distillation of like Shay and her friends and her family and like everything I was like yes this like is perfect and also from like a guest perspective because like I think you do want to be able to celebrate in some way and I think it was just and again a lot of it got discombobulated with COVID but I think it can still happen in some way in the future but like giving you all the aspects of what you want while also making it special and not um discounting the people that care about you as long as their intentions are good I think some people right don't have the best intentions all the time, even if they love you and they're in your, you know, friends and family yeah. circle or whatever. But as long as for the people that I think their intentions were pure and it was all about like Shay's done so much in her now this is gonna be the I love Shay's speech. Like Shay's <laughs> done so much in her life, but uh. to the point that we were talking about before, 
for better or for worse, weddings are the time that like, you know, we you could throw an I love Shay party, but it's not the same where we all just gush about Shay, but a wedding is the best <laughs> time um, to do that and like having that special experience and reminding yourself that you're special to the people around you. So anyways, I just thought I, I definitely agree because I think it was hard like as a friend to be like, I want to help you get to the good place, but I don't have the tools of a professional coach to be like, all I can just say is like, just do what you want. And that's like not you. a helpful conversation. Yeah. <laughs> right. So and be yeah. a sounding board and a support. Yeah. And we talked about this too, when we were doing when we were talking about you before, like, there's this millennial ethos that I really like of getting professional help and not feeling like it's a bad thing to pay for something that maybe your mom or your grandma just like suffered through in silence. You know yeah. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like coaches right. or like planners or whatever. Sometimes people are like, oh, it's very frivolous. And I feel like millennials have really embraced the like, get the help that you need at a price that makes sense. And like, right. don't feel ashamed of it if it's working for you kind of thing. Well, yeah, I think that's a huge mindset shift. I remember growing up, I've, I've been to, I mean, as a kid, I was raised Catholic. And so they love weddings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yes, I went to do. all the weddings and you would never have hired a caterer. Like, no, it was the community, you know, ladies who made spaghetti <laughs> and you all showed up. And so it's, it's a mindset shift for that. And then also to your point, um, is it's interesting, like, you know, there's like the whole reason I named it Zilla is it's, fu- I think it's funny because, <laughs> you know, people are called bridezillas and it's like, it's not an approach of going, well, you know, F everybody, I'm just going to do what I want. It's Mm -hmm. like, to your point, you know, there's a community and you want to express this day in a certain way, you know, but how do you express, express it correctly is something to work through. Mm -hmm. Um, and considering, you know, your priorities and then, you know, where, where other people are coming from. So Nicole, I feel like there's been a lot of talk, particularly with COVID, which, and with everything because media of like, well, now weddings are dead and everything's going to happen on zoom and blah, blah, blah. So, but yeah, I know. Right. Like weddings will never be dead, but I'm curious as to what your look is kind of on the industry now and what you see coming in 2021 and beyond. Yeah, that's, that's been a big <laughs> topic. <laughs> Not to add any more anxiety to your... Uh, I don't think no, Nicole actually, should have I any mean, anxiety. I, I, I am thankful that... Back, uh, I mean, most, most of my clients are virtual. Like, I was like, all right, we're due for a recession. <laughs> so how can I, you know, kind of um, help, help myself with that? So, um, but as far as live events, I mean, they're, they're really struggling. I think... It's the year of elopements and micro weddings, obviously. Um, And, you know, kind of how we were talking before, I don't think that there's, you know, a replacement now um, for human connection. You know, like there's something different about being, you know, face to face with people and and hugs and, you know, handshakes and celebrating. Um, I just don't think you can replace that right now also zoom parties suck you can't convince me that they're fun zoom is for work 
And yeah. when you want to, you know, we're trying. <laughs> like, like what we're doing now. Like, this is fine. Right. If there's three people, but like, if the three of us right. were drinking wine and chit chatting, I'm like, no offense to you, ladies, but I'd rather drink wine by myself and watch Selling Sunset on Netflix. You know. Yeah. Right. There, there's like a major fun. fatigue yeah. happening with. I remember, like, um, me and my girlfriends were like, gosh, we haven't seen each other for however many months. Let's do a Zoom call. And we were all like, I can't. God, awful. <laughs> I can't do it. No. <laughs> I'd rather watch some Real Housewives with my glass of wine, and that'll be more fun. <laughs> exactly. Well, you know, and it's so funny, too, because and there's always, like, I feel like in every friend group, that one friend who is like very opposed to doing the Zoom and then the one friend who's like super excited about doing the Zoom and I've just opted out. I mean, granted, I will still show up if somebody is doing a Zoom call, but it's it's terrible. I will only so, do it if it's like six people or less. I can't do yeah, the big ones. Agreed. We agreed. have talked about that on the podcast before, but like, I think it's fine. Like, I think it's nice that like New York State is allowing you to get married on Zoom for like legal perspective. And like, mm-hmm. if that's truly what the couple wants, like, you can always do that and then do something later too, obviously. But like, I'm not trying yeah. to like yuck anyone's yum here, but like, <laughs> I. <laughs> can I know. use that, Maddie? <laughs> yeah, totally. I'm, I'm very judgy when it comes to weddings. I love weddings. So like, I'm the biggest critic. But if I think the best weddings that I've been to is when you can tell that the couple is really aligned and they enjoyed it. But I will say there's also been a direct one-to-one correlation in my life between the very tackiest, horrible weddings that I've been to and lack of enjoyment on the couple's part as well. So I think there is some (laughs) correlation there too, which um, we can certainly talk about that. But I think it cheapens it. Like we've been, Shay and I were talking about like sorority initiation, which seems like really stupid, but like there's so few of these little like rituals left in life and like our sorority started doing virtual initiation and I attended it with the collegiate women that I advise um and I went to it and I was like I remember like without giving away any secrets um I remember like the moment there's like a moment in the ceremony where you become a member of the sorority and it was so special to me and then I ended up being the president of my chapter and so I got to like do the ceremony for everyone and there's like a moment where everyone like turns around and it's very dramatic and like I still think about that moment and I'm like those girls are never going to get that over Zoom yeah. like it was just like not even the same at all experience and I think that there it's not because of I'm like I'm old and I want things to stay the same and I don't like technology it's like there's literally like a feeling in your heart and like a connection right. that you're missing. And I think that that's important to talk about. Well, in it's this, like, like the senses, time. our senses yeah. aren't being engaged. Yeah. You know, like taste, smell, touch, those, those things aren't being engaged. And so it's like missing. I'm really hoping that the way, so it's so funny, Maddie's talking. So Maddie and I know each other because we were in the same sorority and I was her advisor Clearly, we were not in the sorority at the same time because Maddie is youthful. Um, but uh, so I, I Shay, don't say things like that. We're the same age. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> but uh, I keep saying to Nicole, I'm like, I just want to like stretch out the moment of our little like ceremony as long as possible because all of these other big events in my life, like my sorority initiation, my 
graduation, my when I was like giving this paper and like this visiting scholar like stood up and gave me a compliment on it. When I get nervous, I kind of like black out and I can't remember it. So I'm like, I just want to remember my wedding. So maybe if we go slowly and I don't feel nervous, I won't like have this like weird fight or flight response where I can't. Because I'm like, I remember going to my sorority initiation and there was no like drinking or drugs. This is all very like vanilla and above board and I remember the end of it but I don't remember what actually happened during those 20 minutes good thing you are videotaping your wedding too so if that does happen hey and kw whatever they're called a large chunk of change oh my god I can't wait I'm gonna have Um, a viewing party it's gonna be good though (laughs) yeah I'm excited I'm excited Maddie and I've thought about you talking about wanting to do a viewing party so I'm gonna like make an announcement there's gonna be a certain time when it gets released it'll be it'll be a thing um so Nicole I what my question one of I have a few final questions for you but I want to know what in your opinion is the craziest thing you've ever seen at a wedding or in your industry yes. um we love the craziness and the drama yes. Um, I mean, crazy. I don't know if crazy, but, um, I think traditions are really cool. I did, um, I worked with a couple and he's, um, from Germany. And so they had a tradition of where you saw a log during the reception. And so they literally (laughs) brought out a log and a manual saw and it took the couple probably a solid 20 minutes. Oh no. (laughs) That's hard. You get sweaty. And the bride, the bride gave the groom like a look like, are we really going to do this? <laughs> you got to practice that stuff beforehand. Yeah. Yeah. Oh so um, the log was thicker than was originally planned. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, but it was really cute. You know, like, you know, um, that was fun. And I think I, I would say this this wedding, actually, this last weekend will go it, it was a resume builder because of the smoke. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The groom. Tell parents. us a little bit about what happened. Well, um, originally the couple was, um, was planning on um, having 300 guests at the groom's parents property and the property is on the river. It's a stunning piece of property. And um, then COVID hit, they rescheduled to um, this last weekend for 30 people and on Monday her and I were on the phone and we were like oh it's it's fine it's fine (laughs) it's gonna be fine and then it wasn't (laughs) oh yeah and so um as the 40 by 60 tent was being built I was there at the property and I'm like this is not good and so we made a judgment call and I called around and got a venue at 2 p.m., we moved everything for oh a wedding awesome. on Saturday, the next day. Yeah. Wow. So that was a little nuts, but it was also really cool to see how vendors pulled together. And I will say the bride and groom were like, they were like, you do you. We're so happy and appreciative. And they rolled with it. And it people had a blast. Like that was one thing that really, it was so neat to watch people have a really good time with what's going on. Like it was just this little capsule moment of, oh my gosh, this is like what it used to be. 
Mm-hmm. It was kind of crazy yeah. and really cool. You can still cool to watch. PSA is similar to what we were talking about before. You can still have fun and do quasi normal stuff. Even in these crazy times, safely. Like, it happens. Um, What were your... Did you have a last question, Shay? I was going to pepper Nicole with my tacky wedding things to see what her opinion is. Oh, that's a good idea. I I guess my final question was just, what is your favorite part of your job? Oh, gosh. Um, That's a long list. (laughs) I know, number one, getting to work with Shay. Yeah. You're my favorite client, Shay. <laughs> um, I think it's getting it's it's getting couples back to that moment where they first got engaged. Mm-hmm. Um, I really do. I really believe in marriage. Um, I think it's a very powerful thing, um, and I think it's a really big deal when you have found your person and when that person is you know right and true, and you guys are on the same page. I think that's really worth celebrating, you know, and I think that, um, a lot of times we kind of dismiss things like, Oh, it's not that big a deal or, Oh, we don't need that. And it's like, well, if we don't need it now, then when will we need it? Like, let's, let's take the moment and, and celebrate it. And so that's really, really reward rewarding for me. Yeah. I love that. All right, Maddie, five minutes of tacky. Let's go. Okay. Cash bar. How do we feel? cash bar um after a certain point i think it's okay like in the evening you mean yeah i think it's fine to do like a you know hey we're gonna host beer and wine for four hours and then it goes to a cash bar i think that's fine love that appropriate answer um, I, am, <laughs> I passed Maddie's test. <laughs> no, I went to a wedding last year. It was like this time last year, and it was like all cash bar, and I was very annoyed. Um, uh, wedding rings. Do you have particular ones that you're like beautiful, or any pin? And Shay, you can also. We've talked about these too, but you can. Oh, well, I emailed Nicole please. today, and I, I this email that was like, I don't care what jewelers say. I just need this thing done. <laughs> Oh, I, you know what? And I knew you were, I knew you weren't going to give a shit about it. <laughs> I was like, Gina, whatever. Gina was like, just be sure to tell her that they might be rude. And I was like, okay, that's a, that's a good, you know, yeah. forewarning to give yeah, somebody. It's stressful. Like, for example, I think pear-shaped diamonds are very ugly. Does anyone else have strong opinions about anything ring related? I'm surprised mm. at the number of heart-shaped diamonds oh, that were being. Horrible. Oh marketed to me I was like Ooh. really yeah. yeah it's okay you're allowed to disagree I'm kind of a clean line type of gal yeah me too yeah. same uh bustling I have a strong opinion that bustling just looks like you're wearing a duvet cover no matter how tasteful it's done <laughs> so I've, I've never in my like life me? seen a bustle that's done well well, you'll get to see mine because I bought a dress that I didn't realize had a train. <laughs> I told you that Until, it had a train. Yeah, Maddie was like, uh, your dress has a train. And I was like, what? <laughs> well, your dress, because I've seen it, I think has the potential to not be duvet cover-esque because it's not like a thick material. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think uh, so. probably American, Shay, for yours. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but we'll um, yeah, the big like tooly dresses, I'm like... You're not it, into the to the ball gown. No, I love I love the ball gown. It's just like 
if you're gonna do that do like a rip away skirt as opposed to a bustle or something like I just think it looks like the oh. the dress was like it was meant to be the full dress it wasn't meant to be bunched up in the back with like weird buttons like you crumpled it to no get in the car there are actually actually there are dresses that are designed like a lot of um quite a few of the lace ones oh yeah will have little tiny buttons that you can remove the train that's cool so when you're gown shopping the removal hit me up and i'll yeah i like i like the removal aspect more than the like let's just bunch it up aspect <laughs> don't wear um, a satin gown I love that garter belt removing. I find it horrifying. Yeah, that is actually a trend that will I think will probably phase out ish. Um, a lot of people are not doing it anymore. My cousins came and a couple weeks ago and they were helping me do some final items and my cousin Aaron was like so do you want to wear a garter belt and I was like oh my god no which is like I was just asking I didn't want you to like miss out (laughs) but I was terrified um yeah I think those are most of my I think strong top of mind that I think about almost daily tacky (laughs) do you guys have anything that like you see wedding related that you know again not to yuck anyone's yum but like it just doesn't do it for you in terms of wedding stuff. No. Um, I think centerpieces can get really tacky really mm. quick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, yeah. Colors. I went to a wedding last year that the color, their chosen colors were bright teal and bright purple, which was a bold choice, uh, I think. There were other I attendees did. that really loved it. So it was very polarizing. You know, some people loved it. Some people hated it. So not all bad, yeah. but just very bright teal and purple. I think also, Maddie, you are coming of age in a day where, like, weddings are very classy. But, (laughs) you know, 15 plus years ago. There was a lot of bad. (laughs) There was a lot of bad not that long ago. Where I feel like I have, I've been to a wedding with that purple and teal (laughs) color scheme. Or I have been asked, what do you think about this? So it's not all how it is now, like, Joanna Gaines gorgeous. It was even the expensive ones were slightly tacky. Yeah. yeah. Or um fake flowers kind of mm. drive me nuts. Yeah. Mm. Not good. Yeah. Not good at all. Yeah, the wedding that I went to that was an open bar, they also had belly dancers at entertainment as entertainment, which you might be thinking to yourself, was it, you know, an Indian wedding? No, it was not. These were two people in Texas who enjoyed <laughs> who were of that'd be fun. Latino descent who were just like, "Yep." Belly dancers, apropos of nothing, no introduction, just belly dancers. That like weird stuff <laughs> like that. That I'm like, you know, maybe maybe there's a story behind it. Maybe they went to a belly dancing class on their first date or something. Like that's cute, but just like random yeah. randomness. But they need at to weddings. communicate the story, right? Yeah, yeah. The narrative structure. I think right. that's where like having a planner or a coach could be really helpful, even if you're kind of executing a lot on of the things yourself is like the narrative structure so that people, because yeah. I was going to this wedding as a date. So I didn't know the couple oh, at fun. all. And I was <laughs> yeah. like, I feel like I don't know these people at all other than these like random, you know what I mean? Like I didn't feel like I was invested in their love story because their mm-hmm. wedding was so randomly put together. Yeah. Yeah. Actually that's a big, that's a big thing is um, 
I think couples a lot of times, you know, they're making so many decisions that they kind of get bogged down versus like taking a step back and going, okay, I'm showing up to this venue that I've never been at. Where do I park? Where am I going? Where do I put my gift? Where do I sit? And it's okay to not have a seating chart, but it also needs to be communicated that it's open seating by the DJ, you know, things like that. Um, yeah. Thinking oh, about it from there. My favorite, I have two things. One is one of my favorite things that my aunt did. She got married in a greenhouse, which sounds lovely, but it's also incredibly hot and humid and <laughs> very sweaty. Poor thing. Her photos were like incredible because it was like botanical garden. But she has very, very curly hair, and she didn't think about the fact that she had, like, gotten her hair professionally straightened, and then it curled like that, and she started to cry. It was very, very sad, and we were like, did no one tell you it was supposed to be humid in this venue? Like, that was just a miss, I think, (laughs) on her, like, planner's part of being like, hey, girl, it's hot in here. Um, So I think that was just very funny. And I think if you're going to do some, like, if you're going to do something that's not expected um like communicate it in some way Mm -hmm. i think that's that's the big thing to guess because everyone you know that everyone's going to go into it with like a preconceived idea of what's happening and if it's not if it's like something different oh the other thing that i was going to say that i've been to two weddings where this happened psa to any djs listening i've been to two weddings where (laughs) the father of the bride has been deceased and usually it, for both of these instances, it was in a very sad manner or very mm-hmm. soon before the wedding happened. And mm-hmm. the DJ is just like, let's welcome up the father of the bride. And everyone in the audience oh, no. is like, there is no father of the bride. Nobody like, and, usually I would oh, feel like no. the DJ should yeah. be on top of that. Yes. And so then like someone has to scurry up there and whisper and be like, oh, this is her this uncle thing. to do the first day. And it's like so awkward. And I'm like, I don't know where the miscommunication happened, but I'm like, I'm I'm sure probably somewhere down the line, someone just assumed like, this is what traditionally it is. And it was just like the one wedding that had happened to my coworker, there was like 500 people. And it was like, you could hear a pin drop because he had just passed away like two weeks before. Oh. And it was really oh. awful. So. Oh, those are sad. Not good. Yeah. Well, on that, <laughs> yeah. rather, <I> <laughs> into our final segment, this is um, the archery range. Nicole, we are going to ask you a series of rapid fire questions. Answer with whatever comes top of mind. If we ask for a favorite, it doesn't have to be your favorite ever. It can just be something you're liking right now. Uh, Maddie, want to kick us off? Sure. Favorite movie. Um, I mean, I have two little girls, so I'll just say, like, Disney movies right now. <laughs> Your little girls are so cute. Adorable. Oh, thanks. Uh, favorite book? Anything self-help and business-related. Um, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, that, that was really kind of a life-changer for me, reading that book, um, just, like, mindset-wise. Very cool. Favorite TV show? Oh, um, anything like really bad reality television, I love. Yes, you're my girl. Selling yes. Sunset, Real Housewives, yes. The Bachelor. Yes! <laughs> love it. I know we're going to have to talk about this maybe on the next episode, but are you guys watching the home edit on Netflix? 
Yes. Is that with Chloe right now? Chloe Kardashian's no. on it. Yeah, she's on it. Oh, I saw I saw the banner for that though, and it's yeah. on the list. It is highly enjoyable. These home organizers that like just drink champagne and organize people's closets. Yeah, oh highly God. recommend. Yes. I do love it. It's very good. I found I find that some of their back and forth, I'm like, you guys already had this conversation back and forth. You yeah, know what I bad. mean? Like the editing, yeah. <laughs> the editing like of the home edit the is time. bad. <laughs> yeah. 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 Where they're like, we love this garage. And then they like show them doing something and they're like, we really love this garage. And I'm like, you should have filmed more B-roll people. But anyways, yeah. it is very enjoyable. And I'm learning a lot about home decorating. I know. Okay. Favorite childhood snack? Ooh, graham crackers and milk. Ooh, that's a good one. I'll have to teach you how to make it. <laughs> it's made in a very special way. Oh. <laughs> Tell us more. The dessert at Shay's wedding? Question mark. <laughs> I mean, we could have idea, three giant cakes, but why not? Three cakes. <laughs> yeah, it's all about, you know, you you crunch up the, gra- the graham cracker into four sections, and then you cut those in half. You put them in the mug. You pour over milk, and there has to be, like, the right amount of milk so you get the right consistency. So almost like a graham cracker cereal. Yeah. I love it. And I haven't ever met anyone else. (laughs) No, this is a first. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but it's exclusive. Just my family. (laughs) I love it. Uh, Favorite place you've traveled but never lived? Um, Italy. Oh, no, no, no. Um, Greece. Um... Oh my gosh, what's the island? Like best sunset in the world. Mykonos. That's gonna bug me now. I know very little Santorini. About Santorini. Yes. I've heard good things. Yeah. It's phenomenal. Best um your favorite who's your favorite uh like wedding influencer that brides have to follow? Ooh, uh Carly Ray. She's awesome. I don't know how she does as much as she does. And she's just really good about getting on her stories and being real and relatable and fun. I love that. All right. Well, shall shall we wrap? I think so. So Nicole has a really, really special offer for all of our amazing listeners. So Nicole, why don't you tell our listeners where they can find you and what little gift you have for them today? Oh, Um, So people can find me. um, I'm most active on Instagram um, at Zilla events. um, And then my website is um, zillaevents.com. And for your listeners, um, I just want to be there for people during this crazy time. I know there's a lot, well, a lot to talk through. So happy to offer um, your listeners a free um, hour coaching call and we can chat about all things wedding. Yeah. If you are getting married anytime soon, thinking about getting married, I would highly, highly recommend uh, taking Nicole up on this generous offer and then buying her biggest package. Yes. <laughs> oh, Aww, should people just mention Camp Adulthood when they contact you? What was that? Should people just mention Camp Adulthood when they contact you? Oh, perfect. Yes. I, I do have one last tidbit that I forgot to bring up earlier. I'm so sorry. I'm doing this Fine. all out of order. We know, Maddie, this um, is like your favorite topic. It is. It really is. Um, <laughs> on my Labor Day weekend that I mentioned, there was a couple that was there that got engaged out of the blue. No one knew that it was going to happen. And, Who got engaged? Uh, Sarah and Tomas, Jenny's ex-roommates. Oh. So mazels to them. 
great ring, which was great for me because I didn't have to pretend that I loved an ugly ring the whole weekend, which I very <laughs> frequently have to do. Gorge. Um, but they, we went, we like decided very last minute that we were going to go to this waterfall and Tomas like didn't lead on at all. He was like cool as a cucumber. And then he was like Jenny, which like, we love Jenny, friend of the pod since the beginning, you know, not, she's not cool as a cucumber. And Tomas was like, Hey, can you take a picture of me and Sarah in front of this, uh, waterfall? And he just proceeds without telling Jenny or anything what he's doing to just proceed to like go into the proposal speech. And so Jenny like does she's like freaking out. She's snapping pictures. She like starts taking a video. She starts like laughing and then crying because she doesn't know how to react. And it was just like so funny. But that it was Aww. it was just like very sweet and enjoyable and very like spontaneous. <laughs> but I um the best thing though was what did her shirt say? Oh yeah. So before this was not even planned so jenny just like in her own wardrobe she has a shirt that says i ate a bag of potato chips for dinner (laughs) and another friend just got engaged and then on this trip another friend got engaged and so they after the engagement they like posted on instagram and stuff she put the shirt on and they're like on either side (laughs) it's so funny oh i love Um, that but anyways that was just a recent that needs to be a part of a toast at the wedding i know well jenny I love Jenny. She's going to be like, why are you busting my balls on this podcast? Um, But she like did a little toast that night and she like, poor sweet, bless her heart. I loved it. She like got three words out and then started like bawling. She was like so emotional. And I'm like, girl, you got to get the emotion out now so that the wedding, you're not like Yeah, get ready. (laughs) She just has so many feelings. So anyways, it was really sweet. But they, I I bring it up because- uh, Shay was like, people should take advantage of your offer. And I was like, Sarah and Tomas, who just got engaged, they can hit the ground oh, yeah. running. Oh, very there you go. Yeah. Nice. So, over here. I will. And I'll ask her about the t-shirt. <laughs> I know. So funny. Um, cool. Well, thank you so much, Nicole. This was really excellent. Oh, this was so fun. So fun. Thank you so much, Nicole. Yeah, All right. thank you. Campers, remember, it's at Zilla Events. You can get a free coaching call with Nicole. And uh, we love you. And we'll see you in two weeks. Yay. Thanks for listening. Camp Adulthood is hosted by Maddie Yergi, Resident Youth, and Shay Keats, Camp Adulthood. We are produced by Jenny Mayfield, and this episode was recorded in Maddie's living room. You can find us on social media at camp underscore adulthood. You can email us hello at campadulthood.com, and you can visit us at campadulthood.com. Thanks, campers. We hope that you enjoy your stay at camp.